Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Joshua Cartagenova. He is president at Calix Staffing. We're going to talk to him about talent in the cannabis space. I think as most people have been listening to this program know that uh, cannabis has been growing quite rapidly the last several years. uh, And one of the challenges of a high growth industry is just finding enough people, enough people with experience and core values that are going to fit within a cannabis space. And cannabis has been borrowing for lots of industries and needs a lot of outside expertise to come in and help grow the industry. So I'm always curious and interested in talking about the talent perspective in cannabis. Joshua is an expert here and has been working quite a some time in cannabis. And we're going to talk to him about what he's seen and, and where he thinks the industry is going. So with that, Joshua, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bruce. I really appreciate the time and uh, look forward to providing some insight to your listeners. Yeah, it's happy to, I'm happy to have you here. So let's do a little background first. Tell us, what was your professional background? How did you get into cannabis? What was the story? Let's see, well, um, background, uh, Hofstra University for uh, BA, uh, Drexel University MBA, started in the advertising world, uh, continued uh, at that point to go in the marketing, advertising 
spectrum. And from there, I started a company with my wife called uh, Therapy Source, uh, which is a $30 million company now. We provide therapists to schools nationwide. For the past 19 years, we've been uh, growing this organization. And uh, based on the fact that providing therapists to schools is a very niche-type market, I saw in uh, 2016 and 17 the growth of cannabis. And uh, being a staffing professional and running a company and starting a staffing company, I thought, you know what? This may be a good market to go to. So back in uh, early 2018, um, I went to my first MJ BizCon show. I didn't know what to expect at this point. And uh, by that time, it was almost love at first sight. I saw that this was a real flourishing industry. And it was it was run by business people. It was actually run by many different types of individuals. It was so vast at that point. But as we see how the market is changing now, it's really getting on track. And I'm very excited for this industry. Yeah, that's great. And I'm curious, people coming into the cannabis space, you know, from the outside, you know, it looks uh, bright and shiny and there's all this opportunity. Any surprises that you ran into as you started to really work with cannabis folks in terms of providing them, you know, traditional staffing, you know, talent solutions? Well, any kind of, you know, I, I believe that this type of industry is like any flourishing new industry. So at first there was a lot of individuals getting in that might not have had some really solid business acumen. And now you see a whole different change where these companies are coming around with major, major leadership teams. So it was a little bit bumpy uh, in the first couple of years, being the type of companies that we were dealing with. Uh, But a lot of organizations uh, were purchased or they went out of business. So the strong really start to survive. And we're dealing with a whole consolidation effort currently now uh, in this industry, which is a very healthy kind of a step into any type of industry. It's similar to, you know, the late, late 90s when you had the Internet boom and uh, you had some flourishing organizations and, and soaring stock prices. And now there's a little bit more settle, settlement uh, in the industry as there's consolidation and people are getting a better understanding of really how to run this industry and how to run business. Uh, and in terms of the talent needs, you know, just like any industry or any business, you've got, you know, accounting and sales and operations, you know, but then you have some unique kind of needs within cannabis. What are some of the more cannabis-specific profiles or talent needs that, that you've seen, and, and how have you approached that in terms of finding sources for that talent? Well, you know, that has, again, cannabis industry is really, it, it's part of the farming industry and, and consumer uh, products industry as well. So you have a mixture of all different indiv- types of individuals for these different types of jobs, being, you know, people in the field, from your trimmers and cultivators uh, to people that are in the office, from your accountants to C-levels to sales and managers and like titles of that. You know, a lot of times with these type of specialties, you're, we're, we're looking at, you know, extraction, you know, extraction specialists, extraction directors, and uh, some obviously directors of cultivation, sometimes what they're called a uh, uh, Master growers, which is really not the the key term nowadays, uh, but uh, you know it's everything from your your people in the labs that that are making the distillate and making uh, some of the more finer goods 
are in your vape products or edibles or what have you. And then all the way to the point of that, you got to sell this. So you need a really strong sales team and strong leadership team to be able to get this to the consumers. And in terms of you know, supplying a growing industry with this talent, what has been the strategy? Is this you know, migrating people from other industries, growing the talent? Where have you seen companies fill their talent needs and how have you been helping them? Well, that's a great question, Bruce, because as a staffing professional uh, and running a, a staffing company of Calix Staffing, we always recommend to our clients to look at individuals outside the industry. We are looking at some base concepts of what makes an incredible employee. And part of our process here at Calix Staffing is we go by what is called the BAT principle, uh, which is three different levels here. One is the behavioral of the employee, one is the actions, and one is the techniques. And you're able to, in the interview process and qualification process, really zero down into those basic principles to understand, you know, are they a good fit for the culture of the organization? You know, what type of, uh, and that's more on the behavioral side, how they will fit into that. Because culture is the key element in any organizations. They may be highly, highly qualified um, with an amazing pedigree and all the elements uh, that makes a really good person on paper and through the interview process. But if they do not have that quality of uh, culture that can integrate with the current company, it's never going to work. And that's a, that's a key aspect that we look at. Another is actions, is really what made this person successful in his past companies, whether it, w- it was in a previous cannabis company or just in a another organization. Mm-hmm. But we look at the success factors and what actions they took. And then we even more, narrow it down from there. We look at the technical aspects of it. So we ask the questions of what they did. What did they do that made them this successful? For example... You talk to a, a director of sales and he grew sales by 30%. Okay, that's wonderful. Now, what are the techniques? What did you do that you can bring to this new company that's rather unique and that you were able to grow the organization by 30%? So narrowing down and, and talking about whether they're from the cannabis industry or not, we always love to bring people outside because this is a very small industry growing rapidly. And by doing so, we need to make sure that we're, we're doing everything to expand it, expand it into, into many others. Because the more that we are bringing into it, there are going to be people that are going to get into the industry and it's not going to be for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by making sure that us as staffing professionals and staffing agencies bring in new talent, uh, incredible talent that's still out there, this will enable uh, one great thing for the industry, and that's really growth, positive yeah. growth. How so? You mentioned that you're, you're looking for, you know, how are they successful in these organizations? I mean, I, I always find that you know one person can be immensely successful in an organization, and they switch organizations, and it's a complete failure. You know, and you know because the context changes, and and what's needed, and the culture, and like all these things change. How do you assess the company? that's requesting the talent and understanding what's going to really make someone successful there relative to other organizations? Well, that's an excellent uh, question. You know, we are dealing with, uh, uh, we're dealing with humans and people 
And it's not like that we're selling a vacuum cleaner. You know, you just put it on and, and it's going to work. And, yeah, exactly. Plug it know, in, it goes. <laughs> you know, so so in dealing with people and understanding what the client is looking for and the culture that they, they, they've set up, once a, a, one of our candidates goes through there, there's ob- they've obviously met or discussed or met through Zoom or what have you. So typically through those types of scenarios, you can pick someone's culture or, or, or personality up and whether it would work well with your organization. However, on the other side, you don't know until they're really, really working. And, uh, you know, you may not know six months down the line and, you know, it might not be a match. And this is, this is about employment 101. So we mm-hmm. do everything that we can on the front, on the front end, uh, also have our guarantee, Calix guarantee as well, but to try to make that match. And, uh, we have a pretty successful uh, record at doing this. Uh, but it's, you know, it's part science and part, uh, you know, making sure that through all the process that we went through, that uh, everything was in line and the client will be happy. And we have found someone for the client that will be very successful uh, in years to come. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. I, I often use a phrase, it's a little facetious, but you know, the, the only thing that an interview tells you is how well someone can interview. How do you, how do you get sort of beyond right. the facade in terms of, you know, when you're talking to a candidate, you know, just, you know, particularly salespeople, this is always a problem because they're usually very good at selling, including themselves. How do you really get kind of beyond the interview or beyond kind of the standard questions or, you know, the prepared statements to really kind of understand, you know, how someone's performed, how they're going to show up, are they a good cultural fit, do they really have the skills and capabilities to be successful at the role? Give us some insights of questions or, or techniques that you use as, a, as you know, a talent professional to actually get, get through that. Well, the simplest answer to that question is really making sure you're utilizing open-ending questions. The how or what questions are very important in any type of interview process. I've been through thousands of interviews through my life for both my companies that I run, and I can't tell you how many people that are part of my leadership team that may have utilized yes and no questions. And the idea here is you need to really step back. And you need to try to make, ask those hard questions for the individuals to really think. Again, how did the, how did the salesperson be able to uh, increase thirty percent in a COVID environment? What did you do? Mm-hmm. Okay, how was how were you successful? So there's all that point of getting this type of information in more of a long form from the the candidate because yes and no is very easy. Yeah, exactly. And it's easy for the interviewer too, at least ones that that aren't qualified to do a checkbox. You know, we all love checkboxes. We all love lists. And if we can do yes or no questions all the way through, we're never going to be able to dive in deep and really understand through these types of particular you know, specialty questions that Calix answers and asks, we're able to really dive deep and really find out if that candidate is right for the client. And that's the end of the day is, A, we want to give people jobs, but at the end of the, 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 end of the day is we want to make sure that our clients are very happy with, with their services and with their new employee, so they obviously come back for more. Yeah, I sometimes find that um, you know a company goes out to make a hire and they start interviewing people, and during the interview process, they realize, oh, maybe maybe we actually want something a little different, <laughs> you know, or, or the the target ends up shifting <laughs> as, oh, yes. as we talk to people. How um, like what are some good practices either that you do with clients or clients can do themselves in terms of really understanding. 
Like, what is it that you're trying to find? What is the role that you're trying to fill? What are the parameters of that role that are really important to know as you're interviewing people? Like, how do you get the company to ready to actually go through the search process? Yeah, great question because, uh, you know, we deal with a lot of newer companies and yeah. they may say, oh, you know what? I need a, you know, chief science officer. But at the, in the end of the day, they may not need that level yet, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you probably see around the industry as I, I do, you see a lot of uh, young people with very large titles. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you look at their resume before that, they were a barista at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different changes in here, and you can be called anything you really want to, uh, but it really comes down to what you did and what were your responsibilities and at what level, you know, whether when you're running sales or you're doing science officer, you know, what's your budget and what's how large is the organization? So it, that's a very interesting kind of question to, to really determine. And, you know, I don't think there's any really good answer for that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unfortunately, it's one of those, like, I'll, I'll know, I'm going to have a lot better understanding of what I want when I start seeing people because there, there is a kind of a, a learning process that happens, I think, for a lot of companies as, as they actually go to market and, and figure out what they need and who's there. Yeah. You know, it's, it, we give the direction on this because a lot of times, this is what we do. Some clients do think about it and say, oh, okay, good. And some clients are just, no, this is what we need. And we're like, okay. But when we, a lot of times we have to give them feedback on, uh, you know, they're looking for a C-level, uh, but their salary isn't large enough for the C-level. So yeah. we have to really set, we have to set that scene and have people understand that, you know, it's it, for this amount of money and us looking for the C-level, they not get exactly what you're looking for. You know, yeah. let's see what we can do. Is it really a C-level or is it, you know, a VP level that you really want to look at? You know, at that yeah. price range, we can definitely get you a VP level. So, listen, at the end of the day, the, the, the client's always right. And it's for us to only give recommendations to what we feel may be yeah. necessary uh, that will work within their budgets uh, and work within the requirements of the job. And so we'd give a lot of feedback to to clients on these particular situations. Yeah. I'm curious how what would have would have been the kind of compensation trends. Are are you feeling? I mean, cannabis has uh, it been you know offering a lot? Is it um, you know a tight market? You know how how are the compensation packages looking? Are they heavily kind of performance based, equity based? What have anything specific you've noticed about the cannabis industry? No, I, you know what I, f I found that the the salaries are rather in line with other industries. It really wasn't any major su uh, surprise. There is obviously being the fact there's equity options and a lot of these new companies uh, are funded. So they need to make sure that they're paying market. And uh, so I haven't seen any issues of, of, you know, whether you're, you're looking at a, a sales rep uh, in California for a cannabis company or a sales rep in California for a uh, uh, refrigerator repair company. So. It's, it's all based on goals and it's in line because if it's too low, you know, part of the, the part of the flare, if I want to call it, you know, we started Calix in 2018. And in that time, there was a lot of flare because cannabis was cool. Yeah, now exactly. it's changing a little bit because of it's, I wouldn't say it's mature, but it's, it's maturing at this point. 
So therefore, the organizations need to make need to make sure that they're paying a fair wage across these industries. Because if you're looking to bring someone across from consumer products good at a Fortune five to a full C to sale organization, they can't utilize that cool factor so much anymore. It's going to be based on you know what what are you going to pay me, you know, and, yeah. and how you're going to support support yeah. my family. So I find it pretty much in line where there wasn't hasn't been any differentiation. You mentioned uh, the kind of similarity to the tech um, boom, uh, the dot com boom. Um, you know, a, lo- a lot of that. You know, myself included, <laughs> had a lot of paper equity that never went anywhere. <laughs> um, oh, I know. I'm curious if if you're seeing kind of similar thing in, in these kind of early stage cannabis companies where you know uh, you know at least for a while valuations were pretty strong and you know issuing equity or you know options of some sorts were were big in the compensation package models back in the dot com. Did you see a lot of that? Is that still happening? Give us a sense of how kind of equity and kind of upside is being played out in a lot of these positions? Well, the equity is usually a big part of any type of C-level or VP-level, uh, depending on the particular company. Regarding these these values really comes into the fact of, of really what organization is going to survive. You know, we've all seen the mass layoffs over the past uh, probably nine months in multiple companies. We've seen the the large players start gobbling up, the MSOs start gobbling up uh, organization, well, multi-state operators, MSO. And so with that, you've seen the smaller organizations that might have had some kind of a big valuation that were public and now getting into a level. You know, take a look at Tilray, take a look at uh, even the MJ index that kind of gives you an idea of, of the valuations of some of these organizations over a time frame. And you can see it's come down significantly, even you know, canopy, even that's like if you think about when that came up, it was just, it was a rocket ship. Yeah. Um, so that's, this is normal. You know, you can apply this now to, to the EV market in the valuations. You know, every SPAC in the world that's being developed it hasn't even have yeah. a product yet. Yet their valuations is tremendous, uh, and they without even a PE ratio. So you know, this is being the fact that it's now a more maturing industry. But you can relate it to any new industry coming in the value in valuations. So just watch, just watch your money. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious in terms of you know bringing other bringing people from other industries into cannabis. You know, cannabis is you know an interesting industry, right? It's got a whole legacy. You know, from a political point of view, social point of view. How have you found, or, or what's been your experience in terms of recruiting folks from other industries into cannabis? And you know, those that are successful, those that are not successful. Any any observations or insights you've had into who can make the switch from you know, say, particularly these ones that are pretty established, you know, pharmaceutical, consumer goods, you know, those industries work in certain ways, they have certain, you know, protocols, ways of doing business that may or may not be similar to cannabis. What's been your experience in terms of helping executives make the jump? Well, there's been a big push, obviously, with anyone with CPG experience, consumer product goods experience. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about what the cannabis industry is, they're growing something and they're selling it. And then they're, you know, making different variations of what comes from the plant. And at the end of the day, it's going to a consumer. You know, an edible, a, a vape, a, a flower, or in medicinal type purposes for some of the pharmaceuticals. Uh, so, you know, a lot of our clients are are interested in the CPG experience transferring, and um, you know, anything on the science end. They're looking. They love food because there's a lot of edibles 
popping up, and that's a very popular and very highly gro- high growth area of uh, consumables uh, for the cannabis industry. It seems from last couple months, from the the vape stick scare that we had uh, about eight months ago or so, to now, uh, there's different ways that people want to uh, ingest and enjoy uh, and utilize for medicinal prop- uh, purposes or for recreational. So you'll see a big push into the edibles or sublingual areas uh, of cannabis. So in regards to that, you'll find um, some interest in the food area. And then obviously pharma, depending on, on where you're trying to, uh, your client, really what the basics are on, on your client. And, yeah. um, but the consumer products is, is, a, is a big push for pretty much most of our, our clients. Yeah. And for professionals that are not in cannabis, that are interested in, in making the switch, anything that you'd kind of advise them on in terms of, you know, things to know, things to think about, ways of best making the transition, you know, skills, things like that, that you need to kind of learn or brush up on if you're really going to get in cannabis? Well, I think there's a lot of, uh, first of all, there's a lot of basic courses out there you can do right online just to understand the industry uh, from uh, the, the cannabis uh, school in, in Ohio and mm-hmm. You know, there's a multiple number of different types of places that you can spend, I think, I'd say $200 and get a full understanding of really what this industry is. It kind of gives you an understanding of, of do I want to get into this? You know, besides the fact that, you know, I can go to my friends and say I'm in the cannabis industry and there's some kind of some cool factor to that. <laughs> um, yeah. What does that mean and what type of work will I be doing and the type of people I'll be talking with? So that that's a that's kind of an important part. Secondly, is is position your resume, uh, and I see a lot of this uh, where you you get people from different industries, and and they may may not be focused on the type of position that you're going to apply to, and that's really important if you're going from uh, one industry into the cannabis industry because this is going to our clients, and they have to relate to say, okay, great. Are these skills transferable to my business? So really watch the way that you word your resume. Make sure there is a lot of quantitative information uh, and some uh, successes of what you've done uh, to make yourself a, a, a tremendous success in your current company. And they, everyone wants to make sure that how you're going to apply it to my company. And then it's it's really basics of of research you know this is a a new industry they do talk about this industry often but it's usually very vague Uh, so you may have to dive deeper join some of the online periodicals that are available there's a lot of online information and just sign up because it's free and start getting information and seeing what's required about the licensing process and and of the states and where it's legal and not legal so getting a full understanding of that before you just jump in and say okay great i've been with this fortune 500 company for a long time i have a friend that told me about the cannabis industry here you know here's you know and we'll get this resume that's kind of written in this type of foreign language that our clients won't be able to understand and then also the candidate themselves really don't doesn't understand the industry yet and have that basic knowledge so when you are interviewed you can talk intelligently about the industry and utilize its facts and its growth structures and and where why you want to join so 
you know, step back and doing some basic cannabis one-on-one work will be a great benefit to, to anyone applying in the industry. Yeah. And we've seen, um, we had a couple of ballot initiatives passed this last election cycle. We've got a couple of new states coming on board. We've got a change in administration that seems to be reasonably bullish on making some federal policy changes on cannabis. I mean, as you look at the further kind of growth and expansion of the cannabis industry, are there any kind of roles or areas of talent that you think that are going to be in high demand in the coming you know, quarters and years? Well, with all the support from the, the new administration and a lot of these states opening up, you know, Jersey's just about there, Pennsylvania will follow, New York will follow, this whole East Coast corridor is going to open up uh, relatively soon. And so in that regard, you have a lot of new companies starting up. So we see a lot of need for your C-levels and, and higher levels and obviously a lot of sales. So those are some areas just through the last couple of months that we've seen a tremendous need because any new company needs their C-levels. Any new company on the licensing phase that we work with organizations on the licensing as well need their C-levels. And then to sell their products, they need a good sales team. And that's really where we've seen a tremendous push. You know, listen, we, we, you get your, your extractionist and, and director of manufacturings and other types of particular positions as well. Uh, but where we see a lot of need is really uh, in those, the sales area uh, as well as the C-levels. Joshua, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Calix, what's the best way to get that information? They can go to our website at calixstaffing.com. That's C-A-L-Y-X staffing.com. And they can review our current positions, read a little bit about the company. And if you need services, just come to our website, send us a message, and we will give you a call back within 24 hours. Guaranteed. Great. I'll make sure that the links uh, information is on the show notes so people can get that. Joshua, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Bruce, thank you so much for the time. And hopefully this was of value to your listeners. And uh, let's stay in touch. Thank you again. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.